Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we reviewed the in-camera testimony of Jeannie Seconder, one of the defendant's former co-workers who discovered evidence of his financial crimes that led to his resignation. In this installment, we conclude our look at the prosecution's direct examination of Ms. Seconder. That's all coming up right after the break. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It is the late morning of February 2nd, 2023, day 7 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Ms. Seconder took prosecutor Creighton Waters through the events that occurred after she had revealed to the partners of the defendant's former law firm evidence that Alex Murdoch had diverted client fees into his own personal accounts. The witness also analyzed a number of documents that were prepared after Murdoch's resignation to account for his fraudulent activity. She further indicated that the firm had to repay all of the clients from whom the defendant had misappropriated funds. The total amount reimbursed to clients for just one type of Alex Murdoch's financial misdeeds was over $2.8 million. We begin today as Creighton Waters continues his examination of Ms. Seconder for the hearing outside the presence of the jury, after which Judge Clifton Newman will determine whether the jury in this trial should hear evidence of the defendant's financial crimes. Again, the prosecution's overarching argument during these in-camera examinations is that Alex Murdoch murdered his wife and son in order to try to cover up and or distract attention away from his financial misdeeds, which were discovered in the weeks leading up to the shootings. We begin this installment with Prosecutor Waters handing Ms. Seconder a series of documents related to the firm's efforts to reimburse their clients after discovering evidence that convinced them of Alex Murdoch's fraudulent activity. I'm going to hand Exhibit 314 up to you. If we look at all the check dates on here, we have the earliest one being about August of 2015, is that correct? That's right. And then it continues all the way up to early 2021, is that correct? That's correct. Along with your spreadsheet that uh, was just marked, have you also prepared some supporting document documentation for each one of those? Uh, transactions of misappropriation that you've identified? Yes, we have. And these are from the records and your investigation into the records at the firm? That's correct. And each one of these has the firm had to make the clients whole because of the defendant's misappropriation? We did. All right, I'm going to show you what's been marked as 315, and this is a particular case is Elise Mallory. And just as an example, and see if you recognize that document. Indeed, this first document is the... Um, 
disbursement, which would have been drafted at the end of the case that states the recovery, expenses, fees, and payments to clients. Um, next, we have this one actually had a payment to forge, so I have a copy of that canceled check. And then the third and fourth pages are where we did our correcting disbursements with footnotes about what had happened and explained everything to our clients when we reimbursed them. And there, are there similar documents, supporting documents for each one of these transactions that's on your spreadsheet? There is. So this is a disbursement sheet, is that right? That's correct. And I didn't ask you, but very quickly, tell me what a disbursement sheet is and, and uh, how they're supposed to work. So a disbursement sheet just shows at the conclusion of a case, once the recovery, it will show the recovery amount, list out the fees that were sent to the attorneys, um, shows fee splits if there's multiple attorneys, shows the amount of expenses we collect back, any liens or loans that were payable that were in the scope of that case, and then the final amount would be the payment to the client or the client's beneficiaries if, if they had beneficiaries. All right. And then down here at the bottom of this particular one, do you recognize that signature? Yes, that's Alex. Okay. Going to the second page, what is this right here? That is a copy of the check that was payable to Forge that you saw in the bottom line of that other disbursement, as well as the back of it showing the endorsement. And is that the uh, real Forge or the fake Forge? That's the fake Forge. By real forge and fake forge, Waters and Ms. Seconder refer to the names of an actual financial consulting firm to whom the firm's checks should have been sent, and a fraudulent entity founded by Alex Murdoch with the name Forge, where the defendant diverted the funds for his own purposes. Waters hands the witness another document. All right, and then what is this document right here? This is the correcting disbursement. The yellow totals would signify what the correct amount should have been and the corrections that would needed have been made. All right, going back to this first page, in this particular one, uh, how much was the recovery? 100, $183,528. All right, and then did, was there an attorney fee taken from PMPED? There was an attorney fee taken. In this case, it was $30,000, which was a reduced fee. We generally get a third or 40% but there are instances where the attorney will reduce their fee for some reasons. And do you know why this, who, who requested the fees be reduced in this case? That, that would be Alec would have done that. Alec did that, so, but those fees got paid to the firm from that recovery, right? They did. All right, great. So the rest of that money went to the client, didn't it? It did not. It actually went to the fake forge account where Alec stole the money from the client. Every last bit of it. Every bit, the 152,866. That, that client didn't get one dime until y'all had to make it right. That's right. And that's similar to the, all, the rest of the examples we have. It's exactly like the rest. Been going on for years. Yes. Creighton Waters and defense attorney Jim Griffin briefly convened to discuss a series of Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Eltsroth, and Dietrich or PMPED client materials that the prosecution seeks to display. After a few minutes, Waters and his team produce the documents and show them on the screen for Ms. Seconder. Uh, first one, we have this uh, particular uh, client, uh, Ms. Adriana, is that correct? That's right. All right, and I'm gonna put uh, 317 up on the screen, and is this the disbursement sheet for that? That is the disbursement sheet for that, yes. All right, and down at the bottom, do you recognize the signature where it says attorney? That's Alex's signature. All right. And would typically the attorneys meet with the clients and get them to sign these disbursement sheets before any disbursements were made? It's typically we signed, we did the checks 
on the attorney's signature, and then the attorney met with the client and had them signed at the same time they distributed and discussed the disbursement. Gotcha. All right, and then right here on this particular one, we have a total recovery amount of how much? $247,500. All right, and then the firm gets paid its fees out of that. And again, that looks like a reduced fee of $22,000. And what happens to the rest of the money? The two twenty-five zero seventy-three forty-six went to a fake forge account that was for Alex's benefit. All right, and is that the check right there? That is. Whose signature is that right there? That's Alex. All right, and that's uh, 225 and change, and then you have the corrected disbursement sheet, is that correct? That's correct. And this is where the firm had to make good on Alex's misappropriation. That's correct. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Prosecutor Waters continues to work through the PMPED client documents, displaying them one by one on the monitor for Ms. Seconder. All right, let's move to the next one. This would be for Mr. Uh, Barrett, using the first name, is that correct? That's right, Barrett Bolware. All right, and just using the first name. We have this first one is uh, the 75193, is that right? That is the, the check I discussed earlier that was payable to Barrett that Alec endorsed directly and deposited into his account. All right, and I'm, gonna, I'm on the Exhibit 318. We're going to the third page, but is this that check right here that was made out to Mr. Bulware? That is, and that was actually found as we went through his desk after September 3rd. All right, and you recognize that writing right there? I can zoom in if you need to. That, that's Alec's writing. All right, and this is the deposit slip went along with it? Yes. And what's the name right there? Alec Murdoch. All right, going to the next one on, on the list, we have this one, and the amount is 279 is that right? That's correct. All right, and we're still in Exhibit uh, 318, and this is the uh, disbursement sheet, the original disbursement sheet right there? That's correct. Whose signature is down at the bottom? That's Alec Murdoch's. And what does that say right there? $279,000. $850.65. Forge. Fake forge or real forge? Fake. All right. And then what is that right there? That's the check payable to forge showing Alex signing it and endorsement on the back. Prosecutor Waters proceeds through the set of documents and the witness identifies another 13 fraudulent payments misappropriated by the defendant and reimbursed to the clients by the PMPED firm. The total amount allegedly embezzled by Alex Murdoch from just those payments was over $2 million. Waters wraps up this series of transactions by presenting Ms. Seconder with one last exhibit. Right, and last one for this set is Exhibit 328, and we have uh, Morris Mack. Uh, excuse me, uh, Thomas Moore, is that correct? That's correct. And uh, whose signature is that right there? That is Alex. And the amount to forge of 125000 is that right? Incidentally, that's a forged signature for, top, for the client. The client confirmed that when we met with them. Did you, do you recognize that handwriting? It appears to me to be Alex printing. On the disbursement sheet? Yes, sir. All right, and then we have the fake check right there? That's correct. 
or the fake Ford check, and then that's all on that one for right now. Is that, that correct? That's partial correction. Okay. Yeah. With things like this going on in a lot of cases that Ellick had, fair amount? Well, we found them in these several cases, and in the scope of all cases, not so much. I mean, we have a ton of volume, so this doesn't represent a large proportion of those, but this was common with them. And that's my point, yes. is that there's a large volume, and yes. these are sprinkled throughout over years and years and sprinkled years. Sprinkled out over a decade or better. Whenever there was an opportunity, it happened. Yes. Judge Clifton Newman allows a break during which Creighton Waters sifts through a number of documents. Once the prosecutor gathers materials for his next line of questioning, he displays a spreadsheet on the monitor and asks Ms. Seckinger about Alex Murdoch's further misappropriations of client funds dating back to 2011. So it was marked as Exhibit 329 here uh, to this proceeding, and uh, see if you recognize that. I do. This is a spreadsheet of the payments that were made to Palmetto State Bank and misappropriated through that method. All right, you testified earlier that the fake Forge account, the Richard Alexander Murdoch DBA Ford, started around 2015. Is that right? That's correct. Um, but you just uncovered a different mechanism whereby Alec Murdoch misappropriated money from clients prior to that. Is that correct? That's correct. Most of these took place in 2011 and 2012. Okay. And did Alec have some particularly big cases in, in those years? He did. And what were those cases? So he had Arthur Badger, which was against a UPS truck in Allendale, where wife, his wife was um, killed, and I believe a couple children hurt. There were several beneficiaries in that case. Um, in that same wreck, well, then they had another one with Hakeem Pickney, who in that same wreck had a cousin in the car named Natasha Thomas. Okay. Let's talk about the Badger case. Uh, what was the total settlement in that particular case? Um, in the Badger case, the total that was apportioned to Arthur Badger was $3.1 There was also a companion case, Donna Badger, with a good bit apportioned to it as well. I can't recall the number right here off the top of my head. All right. But just for Arthur Badger, he was just one of the clients that Alec had, correct? Right. Just for Arthur Badger, what was the attorney fee that he received in that settlement? He received $1,240,000. The firm that firm did. So that would be ultimately on his books at the end of the year. It would be credited him. $1,260,000, is that right? $1,240,000. Is that all the money that Alec received from that particular case when y'all did your review? That is not. What else did Alec uh, take? $1,325,000. Another $1.325 million, is that right? That's right. And how did he, uh, how did he go about doing that? Um, checks were payable to Palmetto State Bank that were then converted into personal items, payments for bank loans, payments for loans from um, a conservator account, payments to Johnny Parker, I believe it was, one to his father for paying back personal loans that they had given him. And so we've got now what's been marked as Exhibit 329 up on the screen. I'll let the sirens go by. Waters pauses for a moment to allow the emergency vehicle sirens outside to pass. However, when they continue for a prolonged period of time, he decides to proceed despite the distraction. Guess I'll just talk over him. All right, uh, we've got on this one at the top, we have Mr. Arthur Badger, is that right? That's right. And we have the date. Uh, 
And uh, we have the amount, which is how much? One million three hundred sixty thousand, and that is because we returned the PR fee in that case as well, because the PR failed to do their job properly. Okay. And I'm going to show you what's been uh, marked for this hearing is three thirty, and is this the disbursement sheet? Yes, sir. And down here we have Palmetto State Bank payment to fund structure per client request. Is that right? That's right. And that's the one point three two five million. That's correct. And did that go to the client? No. I see there's an email right here. Who is that from and to and what's the date on that? So this email is from Russell to Alec. There was an email that came from Alec to Russell asking if we could um, recut the checks in a certain way. Then Russell independently sent an email to Alec, which was forwarded to me and my accounting staff, asking if we could recut the $1.3 million check into four different checks. And did y'all do that? We did. Have any reason at all to mistrust what was going on at that time? No. All right. So ultimately... And ultimately, those got broken down into all these payments. This is the payments of how these checks were written and what benefit they went to. And they were made out to, to what entity? Palmetto State Bank. And then after they uh, were made out to Palmetto State Bank, what happened to them? They got converted to personal usage for Alec Murdoch's benefit. Real quick, I see the spreadsheet says July 2005. I'm going to point you to this disbursement, though. What's the date on that disbursement? Um, November 2012. So is that, uh, is that an error that needs to be corrected? I'm sure that that's an error that needs to be corrected. All right. Uh, let's talk about another case. I'm looking now at Exhibit 332, and we go back to your spreadsheet, and we have Natasha Thomas. Do you recognize that? I do. All right. And uh, what was the amount on that particular one? There were two payments. One was for $325,000 even. The other one was $25,245.08. All right. I'm looking at Exhibit 332. We have down here at the bottom, we have a payment, and it says what entity right there? Palmetto State Bank. For 325 Yes. So was a check cut from the trust account for 325 Yes. And is that it right there? That is it. And did that money go to the client? No, that money went for Alex's benefit. Right. Did y'all have to pay that back and make that right for his We did pay that back. All right. What you're seeing now is just all the different payments that were made from that money. Those were converted at the bank into personal use for Alec? That's correct. All right, we're looking at the second check uh, for how much is that? $25,245.08. Right. And that's made out to what entity? Palmetto State Bank. From the client trust account? Correct. Did that go to the client or did that go somewhere else? That went to Alec's personal use again. All right. And did you ultimately have to make that right? We did. Last one is uh, Mr. Hakeem, correct? That's correct. Is that in a companion case to uh, Ms. Thomas? It is. You got two uh, misappropriations, is that right? That's correct. Okay. Looking at this disbursement sheet, uh, we have right here uh, on the disbursement sheet, what entity is that? Palmetto State Bank. For how much? $309,581.46. All right, and that's signed by who on this? Russell Lafitte's conservator. And is that the check right there? That is the check. Made out to what entity? Palmetto State Bank. And what year? December 2011. Okay. And did that money go to the client? It did not. Did you ultimately have to pay that back? We did.
And then finally, $60,000 for uh, the PR fee again. We decided to pay the PR fee back. And that's the PR fee right there for Mr. Lafitte. Is that correct? That's right. The one who signed that, that disbursement sheet. That's correct. You mentioned uh, Russell Lafitte. Do you have a relation to Russell Lafitte? Russell Lafitte is my brother-in-law. He's married to my husband's sister. Having established that Ms. Seckinger and her colleagues had identified over $7 million in PMPED and client funds stolen by Alex Murdoch, Prosecutor Waters concludes his questioning of the witness by pivoting back to his inquiry about June 7, 2021. Later that evening, Paul and Maggie Murdoch would be killed. But it was earlier that day that Ms. Seckinger confronted Alex Murdoch about the missing fees in the Ferris matter. June 7, 2021. You came in demanding answers about those Ferris fees, correct? That's correct. And that conversation ended because you got a call about his father, correct? That's correct. And the inquiry got pushed to the side because of the tragedy of the murder of Maggie and Paul. So. That's correct. And additionally, Alec called you about having to get finances together for a hearing in the boat case later that week. Is that correct? That's correct. And that hearing got canceled as a result of the tragedy of the murder of Maggie and Paul. That's correct. And ultimately, in July, y'all received an email from Chris Wilson saying the money was in the account. Is that correct? That's correct. What did you later find out about whether not all that money was in the account? We found out after September 3rd that all that money was not in the account. Chris Wilson called us and actually wanted us to pony up the other portion of the money. And what portion was that? There's a couple hundred thousand dollars that was still missing. And once, a few months later, your attention got turned back to these matters and you ran that inquiry, then the whole thing started to unravel, is that correct? That's correct. Judge Clifton Newman calls for a short break before Jim Griffin begins the defense's cross-examination of Ms. Sackinger. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our review of Jeannie Seckinger's in-camera testimony regarding evidence of Alex Murdoch's financial crimes. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracon. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.